Hello there. Hello. All right. I guess we're just going to jump right in. eh? I guess so. All right. Here we go. Good evening and welcome to this week's edition of the FlexFox Fantasy Podcast. I am your host, uh, Garth, coming to you live from beautiful downtown New Hamburg here in my luxurious top floor attic office. And with me, as always, is the one and only Jeremiah the Wizkid Johnson. How's it going? I'm good. I'm glad there's only one of me. If there was two of me. That could be chaotic. Well, I mean, your team name is Chaos Reign Supreme. Is there more to this than we're uh, we're led to believe? I mean, I guess I do have it, but he's not like me, so there's not that much chaos. Okay, I mean, I don't know if that's better that there's not that your twin is not like you, or that we're just dealing with evil Jeremiah all the time, because the twin I mean, would clearly be the good one. Well, if Cam were here, he would say it's a good thing, I'm sure. Okay. But there's not two grammatically illiterate people <laughs> in existence. So I thought you said he wasn't like you. He isn't. He isn't. So, <laughs> therefore, uh, he's good to go. Uh, grammatically, I guess. <laughs> grammatically good to go. Yeah. Uh, not quite tombstone material when, uh, when the final day comes. But uh, at the very least, it's a nice alliteration. Yeah, well, it's all we got on a night when there's funnel clouds in my region, so it's the way it is. Do you need to uh, pack it in for the night so that you can go and find a safe place? Honestly, my fiance's condo has like one of those underground parking garages, like the full concrete thing. Right. But whenever I think about going there, I think about like that condo in Florida, in Miami, that just like, collapsed. And I'm like, we don't even have a pool, right? Like, we don't even have a pool or anything, but I'm just like, well, that's what will happen if I go hide down there. So I, I'm just going to die up here recording this podcast, doing what I love. All right. Well, uh, if uh, any of our uh, longtime listeners suddenly hear, you know, the sound of a of a train uh, coming through uh, oh. Jeremiah's line, uh, that'll be the tornado coming. Um, and Jeremiah, I hope you're wearing your red shoes. Your ruby slippers, as it were. Well, I'm not. Uh, are okay. you? Is it smoky where you are? Oh God, yes. Yeah, today okay. was particularly bad. Yeah. Yeah, it's really bad right now. So I was just wondering if it's just like in the GTA or it's made its way out to Waterloo as well. Yeah. No, it was. Uh, we've got a a pleasant mixture of like wood smell smoke, also like burning plastic. That's that's what it comes across yeah. out here. But it was. Yeah. Uh, it was smoky enough that it was like I could actually see haze within a hundred meters. Yeah, like it on looks gra- at ground level. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it looks smoggy right now when I look outside, and I'm just like, yeah. this can't be good. So yeah, that's great. That's great. Okay. Uh, well, on the bright side, it sounds like you've got uh, nature's own Hoover coming to uh, take care of that little problem. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it'll vacuum up all the smoke in the air and my con, my fiance's condo. So there you go. Perfect. Perfect. Nice. Uh, just a clean sweep. All right. Well, we've got a uh, something of a, I think, perhaps a quicker show this week because I, I was doing my prep as I, as I typically do, and I was going to make a big fancy breakdown for week 12, and I realized that we've really just got to go over the games from, uh, or sorry, the matches from week 12. 
uh, our picks and then we get right into to week 13. So Jeremiah, is there anything else you'd like to add to the agenda tonight to sort of, you know, beef it up a little bit? I'm pretty okay with a slim down podcast because I, I don't know about you, but I have a feeling there's going to be some trades coming up in the near Ooh. future uh, in the coming weeks. So that'll probably line our pockets and our podcast okay. with more meat, if you will. Okay. And so basically we want to have just the appetizers because we know the main course is going to be huge later. I hope so. I mean, I'm not, I don't have anything cooking, but I, I feel like people will make moves. Okay. All right. Well, then let's go ahead and uh, jump right into the first appetizer of our week 12 review. And uh, we're going to start on top. We're going to go to the biggest scoring team of the week. That would be synonymous with right now the top team in our pool. Uh, the first overall ranked Mad King, who put up a disgusting 343.7 over Ash's Moneyballers, who managed to just barely eke out a number less than. 130 uh so 343.7 to 129.9 more than 200 points separating him stop it he's already dead (laughs) yeah i mean if you take either of ryan's bats or pitching alone they would have won the matchup he didn't need half of his team this week to win um which is more a statement of how bad ash actually is than it is how good ryan is necessarily Mm. um there's not much to say here, right? But my question, I guess, is who's beating this? If, if he puts this number down or anything close to it in a playoff matchup, who is beating this? And I think the answer is no one. Yeah, I don't I don't know that we have too many teams in the league that can hit a 340 mark in a single week, right? Like no, none of this week and a half silliness. But a single week, I don't, I don't think so. Well, the other interesting thing is it looks like Ryan received a, a scoring adjustment of 10.5 points. Oh. Um, at least when I look at the breakdown of the matchup, it says 333.2 plus 10.5. And if I were to click on this arrow, what will it tell me? It says scoring adjustment. So I'm correct. There was a scoring adjustment of 10.5 points. Don't ask me what the 10.5 points was, because I can't see it, I don't think, on the matchup okay. card. Not that Ryan needs the points. But uh, yeah. uh, is it going to show me? It just says miscellaneous scoring. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what that means. But uh, yeah. <laughs> So, it's weird. Okay. Yeah, Ryan doesn't need the points. Ryan will steamroll anyone with a 300-point week. Anyone. Um, yeah. And I think it's fair to say that Ryan is in his own tier. We've talked about this. But if yep. it's Ryan's title to lose if he puts up this kind of point total, right? Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, the fact that he's 10 and two, I think actually takes off some of the pressure uh, that he was feeling, right? Like he's not going to get into the playoffs undefeated. That was decided weeks ago. So now it's just playoffs, baby. But I almost think he like curses him. Not a humble guy. Let's not pretend that he's mm. humble. It's not one of his virtues. Uh, but like when he's like 18 and 0 heading into the final week, like, the fantasy baseball gods are looking to spit on that. And I like you said, 10 and two, it almost feels like destiny that he's going to win this thing because there's no pressure here other than he's amazing, but there's no karma working against him here. I, I, mm-hmm. I just think until I see otherwise it's Ryan's title and I'm penciling yeah. it into that championship spot. Okay. And, and where do you see Ash? I mean, obviously a one twenty nine point nine. Incredibly was not the worst score of the week, 
I, I shake my head in general at that, but <laughs> I think we've come to expect a little bit more than sub 130 for Ash. Well, it's funny because I I was looking at Ash's team, actually, because I was looking to see if there was like a trade possibility or whatever. And I look over his team and I think, like, at least on the bad side of things, like outside of Tatis Endeavors, what is there? And I actually think there's nothing. Hmm. Um, and I think that's a big problem, right? So I think that's a huge area of concern for him, right? Like Devers and Tatis should be enough to anchor a lineup, but then I think, mm-hmm. well, shouldn't Shohei Otani and Vlad anchor a lineup? Right. But they don't. Because in baseball, fantasy included, two players isn't enough. You need more. And he doesn't have yeah. that in the bats. He has basically nothing after that. Yeah, I mean, we all like to think that, you know, Eloy Jimenez is something more than he's been, which is to say a walking medical bill. Um, George Springer should be depth, right? Like, cause that's, that's the other thing, right? You're absolutely right. Tatis endeavor should be enough to be the anchor, but it's the depth pieces that really start to make the difference. And that's where a George Springer makes a difference. That's where the potential of a Gabriel Moreno could come in with Merrifield. Eh, all right. That's a, that one's been put out to pasture a little bit, despite the fact that he's having a, a pretty reasonable season overall. Um, Brandon Drury, Meh. Joey Gallo shouldn't be rostered by Anyone. the Twins, let alone a fantasy <laughs> team. Uh, yeah, and Kirilov is following right in his footsteps. Um, so I, I I do tend to agree with you. Although in a twenty-team league, the fact that there are all stars on this team beyond Tatis and Devers does speak to the chance of something. Like I can probably. That I think are cornerstones. That would be Devers, Tatis, Kirby, and Dylan Cease. Outside of that, though, like if I'm looking at those guys, the rest of the team, we take those four names out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Springer should be depth. Yeah, these guys should be all right. But they're putting up like 10 points a week. They're putting up 12 points a week. Yep. There's nothing like that's not going to get it done. And that's why we see the low point totals. And Ash does nothing about it. And he doesn't even maximize starts. So that's why we're seeing the low point totals. Could he get to 170? Sure, he probably could. But yep. that's where this team is. Even if it's firing on all cylinders, it's a bottom third of the league team. Um, Which aligns with where we're seeing him as he's currently sitting in the 18th spot overall. So pretty firmly in the vase. And if you're going to put up a 130, I think that's what you should be expecting. That probably won't even win a vase matchup. So you should just have no expectations, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Dark times, but a big point total for the Mad King, further cementing that first place spot. So let's go ahead and jump ahead to the next matchup, which was the second highest scoring winning team this week, uh, which was actually mine. Uh, I put up a 283.1 over RKR's 215.5 this week. That looks like a real big victory, but it was way closer than this coming into the weekend. I mean, that's fair, and I'm sure when you're in it, it feels that way. But when you look at the box score and you look down at the breakdown, like if I'm looking at the point total here, it looks like it was mainly one on the Saturday and Sunday, as you're saying. Yeah. Uh, which is, you know, that's, that's valid. Um, I do think you're the hero the people need. You are <laughs> our only hope, as Princess Leia said. Help us, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Okay. You're our only hope. Well, that's you. Uh, the only man who might stand and hold a candle to Ryan might be you. Uh, at this point, so that's a, that's an interesting place. To to fill. Yeah, 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 it is. Uh, no pressure. 
I mean, I curse myself every day for training Katama Tate to you, but it's working out great for you. Uh, Christian Walker as well. So, you know what? Like, man, I, uh, <laughs> it's weird how you're doing it, but you're doing it. Uh, what are your thoughts? Give us a bit more insight into this magical train right here. Uh, I mean, I will be the first to admit that getting to 10 and two after an 0 and two start was not something that I had forecast. Um, obviously I've been, uh, I've received some, some lucky outcomes from some of the trades, although I think there are others that I've, I've lost, uh, to be clear. Um, but fundamentally what I've been able to do more than anything else is just patch what I'm seeing as the holes again, not with stars, not with like big, massive, you know, you know, sparkling light generating type people, but solid players who every now and again can have a week like Ketel Marte had, right? Like to be clear, he had a 42 point week this week. I didn't need 42 points from him. I'm expecting 15 to 20, right? And I'm expecting 15 to 20 from Starling Marte and 15 to 20 from Christian Walker and, you know, Josh mm-hmm. Young, if he decides to show up this week, um, he's been really good. I don't want to be hard on Josh, but uh, he had a bad week. <laughs> but then the same thing happens down in my in my pitching staff, right? Where you know, just give me a double digit day, you know, Eflin, Morton, and Barrios, right? Like, hey, Flaherty, maybe just don't shit the bed. That'd be cool. Brian Bayo, hey, you're doing something good. I'm I'm happy to see it, right? And it's just that it just and it just builds up. And sure, I've got some some solid relievers that are building onto that as well, getting double digit points on average every week. So it's just I'm I'm the steady Eddie. That's that's what it's been. That's what I'm currently looking to continue it to be. To be honest, I so I actually so I have two questions for you. The first question mm-hmm. is I remember. Last week, you were complaining about having JT Real Muto drop a bunch of points on you. I wonder how RKR yeah. feels after seeing the Cattell Marte week. That's a good uh, question. You know, he's not here to, to, to elaborate, but I'm sure it sucks. The, the side thing is, I want to talk about the pitching, actually, because I think the pitching here is the key, not the hitting. Um, mm. Because I think you're getting production from guys in the hitting, and they're steady, and don't get me wrong. But it's the pitching that really stands out to me. So I look up and down the roster, and like Eflin's pretty solid. Um, Barrios has been very solid. Anderson has been very solid. The bullpen, very solid. Justin Lawrence looks to be closing. Craig Kimbrell looks like he's found his old form. Um, and I just go up and down and I'm seeing consistent double digit performances. Nothing eye popping, but there's mm-hmm. probably 10 guys on here with at least 10 points. And I think, you know, you're insulating yourself in a way with, with that depth of pitching. Because if one of those guys has a bad week, like Brian Bayo shifts the better, Jack Flaherty's not good, but you've got like nine other guys to step in, mm-hmm. right? And if they all add a point or two here or there, it's like a team pull. And I just think a lot of teams don't aren't getting that right now. And that is a big separator, in my opinion, from your team mm-hmm. and say a mid or lower tier playoff team. Well, I mean, so far it's it's working. Uh, I got a hell of a matchup to prove it against uh, this upcoming week. But uh, I, as as we talked about last week, the RKR matchup scared me uh, a little bit. He he was three and zero against the old redacted division, and <laughs> I was once one of that old redacted division as well. So uh, you know, it was well, a, it was a bit scary, but happy to pull it through. Well, let's. Let's uh, give our care a bit of a spotlight here. I mean, very Absolutely. quickly, you, you dodged Adley Rutschman, mm-hmm. you know, negative six and a half points. It looks like from the bat side of things, he basically rode Juan Soto and Austin Riley and no one else. So I don't know how frequently that's going to occur. 
Yeah. Uh, and on the pitching side, it looks like it's mainly guys like Ober, Merrill Kelly, uh, cleaning up a bit. His, yeah. his starting pitching to me is an issue. Like he needs to get some starters. If he gets some starters, I think he's up near your tier. What do you think? I, I think that's well within reach. I mean, we we've seen some of his point totals over the you know over the course of this season where it is very spiky. Um, mm-hmm. If he if he if he's on a heater, honestly, he could take down almost anyone in any given week, and he's and we've seen the points to show it. But there are valleys to those peaks, and and sometimes that's what hits. Now, two fifteen, I think, is actually probably the low side of average for him. Um, I do think that he can be con- more consistent in that sort of two thirty to two forty range based on the players that he does have, which then allows for some of those guys like Asoto to just come over the top, right? For Adley Rutschman to just have you know a 30 point week for even ty france to just have one of those weeks that we've seen him have um and you, you point out that like his pitching is, is a little bit weak i i see it more in the in the hitting because he actually has like a large degree of very streaky hitters on his club when you think about what ty france does what tyler ward is doing even what rutchman is doing right like lars newbar these are streaky streaky guys no one expects christopher morrell to keep it up and and he hasn't you know and then he's got people who are known to be more consistent on the roster but it's cody bellinger and javier baez who aren't known to be consistently good for some time now so i i, th- I think it, the streakiness comes from the hitting and yes, while he, like almost every team in the league, could do with more starting pitching, um, I, I think if he wants to try and smooth out the peaks and the valleys, it it might be worthwhile looking at some of the hitters and some of the some of the spots where they're just not necessarily measuring up in consistency. Well, there you have it. Two viable paths forward for this man. Free advice. Free advice. That's what we do. That's what we bring here on the weekly show is free advice. And the next team that we're going to give some free advice to is the shocking 12th place team uh, who managed to put up the third highest total of a winning team this week at 244.7. But Club Atletico to Flex is now 5-7, and seven, sitting 12th overall after this victory over the Stadelmon Stars, who only put up 219.9 and fall to 14th. There is nothing you could have convinced me. There's nothing you could have given me. There's no narcotic, legal or otherwise, that you could have injected into my vein that would have me saying that at before the All-Star break, Flex and Stads would be swapped in their positioning based on how this season started. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's pretty fair. I, I don't know. I'm looking at the game limits. Oh, no. Okay, never mind. My, my thing's not reading properly. Um, you know what? I think that's fair. Um, flex, I mean, I'm getting nervous because, like, Flex is kind of, like, slowly creeping to the playoffs, and I don't know if I'm ready for that. You know, like, <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready for, like, eighth place Flex. I just... My mind just can't bend that way yet. So, um, you know what? I'm not going to rule it out. I think he's more top-tier Europa. But you know what? Um, the There's some pieces there. I mean, mm-hmm. especially when Corbin Carroll and Michael Harris put up a combined 21 points between mm-hmm. the two of them. And he's getting it done through guys like Spencer Sears, CJ Abrams, uh, Mike Talkman, for God's sake, Scott McGuff. Like, sustainability might not be high here but he's capable of weeks like this is just a testament to the fact that flex's team has improved mm-hmm. 
and his pitching is something that I think is has been gla- glazed over a little bit. But he's throwing out Logan Webb, Logan Gilbert, Hunter Brown. Like that's a top three. That sure, that's not elite right now. But in five years, would it be that surprising to hear that those are three of the top ten pitchers in in the majors? Wouldn't surprise me at all. I'm actually, I think it is elite. Uh, I would put Logan mm. Webb firmly in the top 20 at this point. I would put Logan Gilbert firmly in the top 35. And I think Hunter Brown is probably of all the rookie pitchers, top two or top three in terms of who okay. I'd want to keep in a dynasty. Maybe Yuri Perez is higher than that. Um, but that's about it. Um, so I like it a lot. And then you throw on Kyle Bradish, who's been pretty solid actually lately. Mm-hmm. And that's a decent enough top four to squeeze into a bottom playoff spot or high Europa seed. Teams do it with Could way be. less. Yeah, so could be in a, in a couple of weeks he might be a 500 team, um, which would put him at that sort of bubble spot based on basically our conversation from last week, where 500 feels like that's your seven eight, you know nine ten area overall at the end of the season, and he's he's knocking he's knocking on the door. Stads on the other hand left the door open and the raccoons got in. You got to save that reference for when he plays <laughs> the raccoons. But <laughs> That's uh, a good point. Yeah. I, I think, you know, I could be wrong here. I thought he started the season like four and one or four and oh, and I think he's literally lost like eight in a row or something, or seven of eight or something. Yeah. Uh, it's, I, I think he was five and oh, in fact. He was one of our, he, he used to be the number one overall team. Well, how can he be five and oh if he's four and eight currently? Oh, that's Am a good I point. Correct? All right. You're right. No. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. I was like, What's going it on? It felt here? like he was five and zero. Oh, that's the dominance that he was at the start of the season. <laughs> that's fair. I think he was. Yeah, I think he got to four and one at one point, and it's just been downhill ever since. Yeah, and and it's it's been rough. I mean, we we see Otani and Vladimir Jr. in the top, and it wasn't nearly enough this week. Yeah. What happens yeah. if the guys that your team go forth with? are no longer even themselves good enough. Well, you know what? In fairness, 23.5 points and 11.6 isn't exactly world beating uh, for those players. So I think, you know, when he, again, when he was doing this, they were putting up 30 a week. Easy. More yep. than that, probably. Yeah, and he's, he's not getting he's... that. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's not getting that. Otani's pitching hasn't been good. His hitting has slowed down a bit. Vlad is still picking it up, but he's not, near where he was he needs more depth it's not there so so what what's the free advice for stads then accept your lot in life i guess uh accept that you're in europa <laughs> you know uh try for god's sake like the thing with a lot of these teams in europa is that they're not doing anything to mm. better their lot in life right like if i look at the europa bound teams and i'm talking the ashes well he's a base but ian ben um, whoever, they're not doing anything. They're just sitting on their hands while their team kind of like drowns. It's like watching someone drown. It's like, are you going to hop in to save them or are you just going to watch them die? Um, so we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, it'll be interesting to, to sort of see how it shakes out. I think that there's still enough there for him to stay out of the maze. Um, which, and I mean, he's got a team that has the, it's got the players that if they all hit for a couple of weeks in even in Europa, he could come out on top, right? Like it's a scary enough team to sit across from if you are 
you know, in a must win type situation for sure. Um, and to that point, we all remember what happened the last time he had, he'd won Europa and got the first overall pick. Good, good things. Uh, Otani is still on that team. Yeah, but I have like three teams basically locked into the vase at this point, and that's Nick, Mike, and Ash. So I, there's just not mathematically not a lot of room there for him to go into that group. So, right. yeah. All right. Well, you know what we can do? We can move on to the next matchup where we're going to talk about now the fourth leading uh, fourth highest scoring team, I should say, uh, this week, which also happens to be our fourth placed team. The fourth quarter, Jimmy Butler's with uh, Tillo, who puts up a 238.5 victory over the 192.6 from the director uh, with Aiden's team. Now, this was a, an expected victory, but I honestly expected Aiden to put up a bit stronger of a performance this week. Yeah, I mean, Aiden's kind of got... Man, Aiden's kind of got a bat problem. Uh, and I'm not talking about the flying variety, but all his top mm. scorers this week were pitchers. Um, and then mm. I go look at his lineup and I think, okay, well, Pete Alonso's kind of in the toilet at the moment. Um, you know, and so I look at second base a whole lot. Um, you know, actually, my we're comparing top teams in the league. Like these are the things that surprisingly make a big difference, right? Like if Pete Alonso is performing on a weekly basis, if you fill your second base slot, cause Jorge Polanco isn't in even when he's healthy. Mm. Um, you know, if, if you stop playing John Carlos Stanton is minus six points every week, you know, Nolan Arenado had an uncharacteristic week. Like things can rebound for Aiden. There's some natural regression coming in a positive way, but I think he also needs to address the problem with the bats because 64 points won't do that on a weekly basis. I mean, if we're going to be talking about just how much the pitching outweighs the hitting, then we have to talk about the performance that Tilla's pitching put down this week. The hitting was pretty bad, under 50 points for his hitters this week, but that pitching staff, which we have talked about in the past, puts up a 188.9 and almost single-handedly takes this matchup so when i look at both these teams if you actually look at their performances so tillo dropped 188 points and his offense dropped 40 mm -hmm. aiden's pitching was basically a lighter version of that 128 points and a little bit more on the offensive side of things so yep. when i look at that I, I go okay so these pitching staffs are elite why would you not empty your farm your draft picks everything you had that you couldn't tie down that wasn't in your pitching staff for better bats like, give everything. Because if you can grab a couple studs, even one or two, you're elevating yourself from maybe like eighth place to fourth or third. That's how big of a difference I think we're looking at here, depending on the bat that you get. Mm -hmm. Because these teams are so starved for offense. If they got a guy that put up 20 or 30 points a week, they'd almost be doubling their score in some cases in, from mm -hmm. the offensive side of things. From the offense, yeah. Yeah. Like, that is needle moving. Like, what are we doing here, boys? <laughs> like, the pitching is elite. It's, it's almost like in football, if you have a sick defense, right? But your offense just fucking sucks, like the Jets, right? Like, what are you doing playing Zach Wilson? What are we doing throwing these guys out? Make a move. Do something. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to say. I mean, it's not the easiest thing in the world to, to make an impactful trade, particularly as the season goes on, although we are approaching the trade deadline, and I, I want to say it's about six weeks away at this point. Um, so we got to – we're running out of time. And the sooner those trades get made, the uh, the longer that impact has to uh, to take effect. So 
Right now, though, they are both solidly uh, playoff teams at uh, fourth overall and sixth overall for uh, for Tillo and Aiden, respectively. So uh, maybe it's just that they're they're biding their time, seeing if there's anything that they have in house that can make the change and make the difference accordingly. Well, I look at Aiden specifically, and I think, man, like he's got Bobby Miller, Jackson Merrill. Um, there's someone else I'm thinking about. Like those guys will get you something good. Yeah, for sure. For sure, for sure. So, all right. Well, there's the free advice for for that matchup, and I'm uh, I'm interested to hear what the free advice will be for the next one. I've got some free advice uh, for the next one as we advance to our <laughs> fifth matchup of the week. Uh, Nick the Man Penner put up a two thirty six point four for the fifth best score of a winning team this week, and in doing so eked out the victory by 1.2 points over my co-host, the whiz kid Jeremiah Johnson, who only put up a 235.2. Um, the free advice that I have for this one is uh, maybe zip the trash talk a little bit if you're facing the guy the next week. Thoughts? Nah. Like, come on, this is, this was Nick's Super Bowl. Congratulations on your win. You'll count them on one hand at the end of the year, whatever. Uh, <laughs> you know, it was, it sucked. Tried to come back on Sunday. Couldn't pull it off. And, and the thing was like, the thing that was nauseating is just that like, he kept getting points from just complete fucking bombs. We're just like, oh, that's great. That's great that uh, Josh Naylor, the literal pylon of a human being decided to get a hit this week. Uh, that's mm. fantastic, you know. So, um, when you're getting beat by guys like fucking Justin Turner and Anthony Santander and some submarining idiot whose hand scrapes the ground like a knuckle dragger, it just sucks. It sucks. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now, do you feel this way because it was such a tight matchup, only one point two point separation, or is it just because you lost to Nick after? frankly bad mouthing him for the better part of the year can it not be both i think it's both, it can if i'm being it totally frank, can. if i'm being if i'm being honest it's both it's the <laughs> fact it was close it's the fact it was nick it's the fact that nick's gonna get like four wins this season and i'm one of them it's a lot of things it's the fact okay. nick doesn't even set his damn lineup it's the fact that nick lied to this league lost all integrity by saying he was gonna leave and then not leave and then he sucks it's like she just laughed He's like doing unmentionable things to the belt. Like who's going to fumigate that thing when they get it? Ryan, you better have someone on speed dial to steam clean the shit out of that championship belt. Okay. Uh, it's the, it, lastly, it's the fact that he repeatedly says, Hey, do you have someone to do the podcast with? And I go, yeah, the same guy I've been doing it with for eight weeks, but Hey, you're welcome on the show. <laughs> and then he tells me he can't. It's like that friend that says, Hey, Garth, want to hang out? And you're like, okay. And then you're like, cool, I made plans. And then he messages you like an hour before you're supposed to hang out and being like, I can't. I'm sorry, man. Like, what do you, some other time? But he does it like five times. Hmm. That's mm-hmm. where I'm at. That's my rant. I need to get that off my chest. Yeah, that was that was that was quite the rant. And and for those that think it was just uh, just Jeremiah going off the end and not having a lot of validity. uh I'll, I'll, I'll clear the air. Uh, Nick has been, uh, he has offered, there has been conversations. Uh, I've, I've in fact, and Jeremiah knows this as well. I have in fact changed the, uh, the suggested breakdown a number of times, both because Nick was coming and then when Nick 
uh, wasn't. So I, I feel that pain uh, personally. Uh, I'm sorry that you had to fall to the 19th overall team. <laughs> Um, uh, as you yourself slide to 15th overall, you're, you're at that striking point of, do you get the elusive vase to finish out the, the trophy case, or do you remain in contention for a, uh, a long Europa run? Only time will tell. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I'm going to say at the end of all this is if I get the, I'm happy either way, man. Like if I get a vase, I've rounded out the collection of things that mm. I can get from this league. And that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And if I stay in Europa, I better myself with a better draft pick. I think no matter what I'm in, given okay. my point totals, I should be competitive. So, yeah, that's fair. I, I would agree with that. And to be clear, I, I'm I would not suggest that two thirty five point two is a bad point total, particularly for a you know bottom half of of the league team, right? Like on average, that's going to win you a lot of weeks. Yeah, yeah, and I mean last week, if I remember, I put up two sixty. So. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm going places, man. I think uh, I'll be competitive no matter what. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, it appears that I believe since I made the breakdown, there's been a scoring adjustment or something because my the order I was telling you to, that we were going to follow today doesn't mm-hmm. appear to be quite right. So I'm going to go ahead and jump down one extra one. We're going to go to our fifth overall team here, the Stubby Clap Clappers, uh, who put up a 213.1 victory over the Star Boys with a 140.6 Ben continues to be moving in a direction neither of us called while Garth McKinnis is now eight and four, which is more surprising this week. It's tough. I think they're equally surprising, but I guess I'll, I'll go with Ben. Still, I think it's very shocking what's going on. And the fact that again, Ben's not doing anything about it is Mm. sort of surprising to me. Uh, you know, like, I think we're past the point of being able to salvage a playoff spot. And I just wonder, like, what the thought process was on that. Um, right. And coming to the decision that we wouldn't try to revive the season. Um, because that part is clear. On the other side of things, I mean, let's give a dog its due and, and acknowledge that, you know, Garth McInnes' team, while led, like a lot of teams this week, by pitching, um, has still gotten a solid record no matter how he's gotten there. I mean, I don't think he's a juggernaut by any stretch, but his record is legit, and he will be in the playoffs for the first time in a long time. I mean, at this point, he, he's certainly looking this way. One of the one of the big changes, and this is a comment that you've made uh, several weeks now, is that his best performers weren't relief pitchers this week. These are legitimate starter types sitting on top of that roster. Do you think that is going to be the sustainable change? Like, I guess if you're asking me like what the change is that makes him better, I think it's the fact generally that like what you're saying, the starting pitching has been better. The bats are still bad. Like if we really look at it, the bats are still terrible. Um, You know, Matt Chapman's doing okay. Jock Peterson, fine. Uh, But Boba putting up single digits. Spencer Torkelson, negative 12 points, basically. That makes me sick to look at yeah. uh and there's not much there i'm not gonna lie to you and when jt real muto puts up one point a week instead of 43 because he's not facing you <laughs> um yeah like there's he is kind of like um sorry we were talking about when i forget but like many of these good teams like this is their flaw like when we right. talk about ryan right we we see mm-hmm. massive point totals on the bats massive point totals on the pitching these other teams are all fundamentally flawed with their bats 
after a point though, if we if we're talking about three, four, five, six teams that all have problems on the hitting side, what can be done? That's that's a third of the league. Well, um, for example, and this is maybe not particular to Garth McInnes because he will not make any trades, so he is kind mm. of an outlier. But a lot of these teams have one, two, three, four high-level prospects, and they're the teams that aren't competing, the Bens, the Mycel, the, the Ians, there are pieces you can pick from those teams. Like, I'll, I'll name one from Ian's team. Marcus Semyon would be a great add to a team like Aiden's. Um, ben, Jazz Chisholm, Paul Goldschmidt, somebody like that would be a great add to one of these teams. And it could make a big difference. And all you have to do is convince one of those teams to sell for prospects or picks or both. Right. And you're good. So there's moves to be made. It's just picking up the hypothetical phone, I guess. Yeah, if Garth McInnes were ever to trade, um, I'd be very interested to see what the market is on a Spencer Torkelson in particular, right? Like this is a this is a former top of the top prospects, and yeah, he's had a couple of rough goes, but the underlying numbers are still what you're expecting them to be. There's just not a lot of volume at this point. And so I do wonder if you are like, if you're flex or no flex is a good team now, sorry. If you're Kaminsky <laughs> or if you're Nick, um, would you not just take, you know, what could be an absolute anchor for the rest of this season and really solidly put you in, into the vase competition, but taking a risk on a Spencer Torkelson, even if he becomes, you know, like a post type sleeper later, that's going to be a potentially big win for you. I think if you're those teams, though, like I look at Flex and what he did last year, he picked up Ezekiel Tovar, he picked up Riley Green. The problem with specifically, and this applies to Torkelson and Green specifically, is their home park just kills their offensive value. Because, yeah. you know, like Nick Castellanos is a famous example of somebody who, as soon as he got out of Detroit, could hit for way more power because the center, right center field gap is just crazy large. Right. And the outfield just swallows up a ton of balls. Like Detroit's ballpark is terrible for hitting especially for right-handed hitters and they do nothing about it. So I don't know if Torkelson's got the profile to actually overcome that green as well, actually, mm -hmm. because if Nick Castellanos in his heyday couldn't overcome it, I don't see how those guys will. Well, then maybe the problem is a little bit deeper because the entire central division in both leagues is just a black hole. There's just nothing happening, nothing good. I mean, this could be a topic for another day, but I'd be curious on your position of division realignment, just because mm. the AL East is just crazy good. The West yep. is decent in both leagues, yep. but like every team in the East is over 500, every single one. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, what the hell are we doing here? Like, why do the Twins get to freaking play the Royals and the White Sox and the whatever every year and just like beat up on those teams? And then we all know what happens. They go to the playoffs and they get absolutely crushed by whoever they face. Yeah. Like, every time every yeah. single time yeah and then everyone's like that's so surprising that a division winner lost to a wild card it's like yeah well the twins were like 82 and 81 and the wild card was like 90 and 79 or whatever like why is it yeah. shocking you know like that or we just get rid of division winners and we just go by like the five or six teams based on record only and screw everything else well i mean at that point you're you're basically you're the nba or you know hockey Fine. to a lesser extent right like Fine. you just go with the top eight records and away you go Fine, because i have no desire to see like a sub 500 central team in either league 
make the playoffs. I have zero desire for that. Wow. I mean, there's an an inevitability about that once they added another wild card as well. So baseball has fundamentally disagreed with you yet again. Yeah, well, that's not surprising. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to skip Bayless of, of baseball takes. <laughs> yeah, th- now that's gravestone worthy right there. Let, let's get that one engraved <laughs> in the marble for sure. All right. Well, let's let's advance now to the uh, to the seventh, I guess. Yeah, it would be our seventh leading team. Uh, The third overall Midland Raccoons put up a bit of a pedestrian to eleven point three to the crushed Jeffrey Chow and size matters uh, with a two two oh four point one. And I say crushed because it is very, very obvious to me that. If a certain pitcher was healthy for this week, this is probably a matchup victory instead of a matchup loss. And so we have been talking over, well, a little bit about what the impact of that McClanahan trade would be. Let's dig in a little bit deeper then. What's the impact of a McClanahan injury to Chow's team? I mean, obviously it's massive, right? I don't think there's any... There's any doubt about that. Um, now, you were talking about uh, a scoring adjustment. There was a scoring adjustment in this matchup. It was a 25-point mm. fine. Uh, so they actually scored 236.3 points. But when you okay. open the matchup, the oh, penalty apologies. takes yep. place. Yeah. Right. So that's probably what you saw. So this matchup actually wasn't nearly as close as it would appear, uh, which is fine. Chat, like I heard, I think the bigger question is, I heard Aaron Judge might be out to like August. There's mm. a torn ligament in his toe. Right. Yep. Uh, that's not great. I actually think that's more impactful than the McClanahan injury. Because I think Chow can get by on the pitching. And I, and I think we're seeing that. Right? He put up 121 points. That'll play. Sure. Uh, it's, it's it's the bats, man. When you take a look at the bats, you go, okay, well, I don't know how long you could roll out Kerry Carpenter, Nick Prado, and Gary Sanchez on a weekly basis. So uh, we'll have to see. Yeah. I mean, he's also he also played Rougenet Odor for the week, so that's, oh, that's gross. everyone's favorite. I, I every time I see him, I want to punch him in the face. <laughs> like you, you know, he would probably actually just kill you. We know he's a boxer. We've seen him throw a right hook. It's good. It's good. I mean, like he's such a midget, though. It's gonna hit me like the shoulder <laughs> blade. So I just hope that like I can like brush it off and then deck him. That's my only shot. Okay. I feel like, yeah. Well, to dig in a little bit further then here, we both actually had Chow winning this matchup. So the fact that the Raccoons pulled it out and and climbed to third overall is something that we didn't explicitly call. Um, But here he is. He's third overall. And and to be clear and to be fair, he's been a playoff team all season long. Is he, for you, a Mm. legitimate third place team? No. Okay. Um, I actually think this matchup is 100% a reflection of Chow's injuries and almost 0% a reflection of how good the Raccoons actually are. I do think if Judge and McClanahan are in the lineup, this matchup is probably 280 to 230. Uh, Mm. And it's not close. So I look at the Raccoons and I think, okay, well, Jared Kelnick's back to being (laughs) Jared Kelnick. Um, You know, Verdugo, Yoshida, those guys have been okay. um, But they're regressing back to what they normally are. Seiya Suzuki's been nothing. I don't know. Like Jorge Soler, back to being nothing. I question the bats and how good they're going to be. The pitching is fine. 
it's kind of in the same range as the other playoff teams. So I don't think they're behind the eight ball there, but the bats are questionable. And I think, you know, injuries play a big part of it. So we can't just say, well, if Chow was healthy, he'd be amazing. But if Chow was healthy, he would be amazing. I think he'd be second overall. So, no, I don't think the raccoons measure up. All right. Fair enough. I don't. I don't know that I have too much to to really sort of add to that. Um, again, they've been a very consistent team at the very least. They've been, you know, in that sort of top eight, if not necessarily top five. And I agree. Perhaps as a third place team, that might be punching a little bit above their weight. And a two eleven score this week is not one of the better scores by by any stretch of the imagination. But you know what? That record is what it is, and nine wins is going to get him into the playoffs, I think, at this point, guaranteed. So uh, we'll have to see. We will see if some of these uh, some of these guys can hold up for him and uh, deliver on what seems to be, so far, a promising season. Yeah, I just hope that, like, a penalty doesn't affect, like, a playoff team's matchup mm. outcome, I guess. Um, yeah. that, would be, that would be unfortunate. It would. But also 100% preventable by just not making the offending move to begin with. Yeah, you could you could check the sheet 100%. Yeah. 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 Well, we're going to have to check the sheet on our anti penultimate matchup here. Uh, our eighth seed, Mummy's Good Boy, 207.6 over our current 10th seed, Big Beefy Baseball Boys, uh, 197.1. And if we check the sheet, Chris wins again, Jeremiah. Seven and five now. Graham's a goner. Uh, I think I think that's it, boys. I think that's the uh, Titanic submarine in a nutshell. Mm. Um, Got to stay current with the references, but but for Chris, like again, like are any of us buying this? Like, is this guy? It's not like he's first, and it's like, yeah, I want to sneak an eighth and face this guy. No, this guy's eighth. Like, yeah. he is going to get absolutely annihilated by Ryan in the first round. Like that is what will happen. Like there will be no survivors. His pants will be down. Whatever you want to say. Like think about if Ryan and him faced off this week. It would have been 340 to 207. How does that sound to you? Does that sound good? That's not what I'd want. I'd rather be in Europa. Like I swear I swear I'd rather be in Europa. Because that just sounds like a painful traumatic experience. And that's what's waiting. That's what's awaiting him at this point. Yeah, fair enough. And Graham right now, I think, and I'll have to check our official uh, picks and, and remind me to try and dig the uh, dig this stat out uh, officially in the, the not distant future. But I think I have picked wrong on Graham more than anyone else at this point. It's because I keep picking him to win and he keeps <laughs> not winning. And so I'm a little bit annoyed at this point. I was actually going to say, I think I'm like doing really well on Graham picks. And that's because I have a vested interest in his failure. So I'm manifesting the failure by rooting against him every week and praying for a high Europa pick. Yeah, I I think that's part of it. Could be, could be. I mean, neither of these point totals were really that great. They, you know, they're both floating around that sort of 200, low 210 kind of area. So there's not really much to uh, to dig into on that. I will say that it's it's definitely a who's who's of who's that in the sort of like top scorers for both of these teams. And I mean, obviously, I know who they are, but none of these are the kinds of star players that you're like, that's my anchor. That's what I what I'm going to win with going forward. So I find that interesting. 
I want to point out two key things here for this matchup. Mm-hmm. One, Christian Javier will not be putting up negative 3.8 points most weeks. So Great. there's that to look forward to. The other aspect I'd like to say is if Graham did, just didn't start this guy who gave up or was part of the one of the largest offensive performances in history, that being Chase Anderson, he would have won the matchup. Um, I don't know what compels someone to start Chase Anderson. He throws like 90. He looks like Mr. Potato Head, and he is old, and he pitches for the Rockies. In Coors Field, I don't know if Graham just felt like being a wild man, and he's like, you know what? Like, let's hit it. But it costs you the matchup. So maybe yeah. don't do it again. Well, I mean, uh, I'm trying to check the numbers, although I think ESPN's having some troubles in their, their back. Yeah. It says both of these people had 0 for 7. I'm curious if that got him that bonus starter too, just based on how his schedule worked out. And I'd, I'd have to dig it a little bit deeper than I'm, I'm going to in the moment, but I'd be curious if that was, that was part of the equation, right? Like you yourself are one of the first people to beat the drum on, you know, mm-hmm. make the moves, get the starts, right? Like if there's no reason to have less than seven starts and there's very little reason to have less than eight every week. As an example, this could have just been that right. Playing the odds and, I mean, sure, it's the Angels, and yes, it's in it's in Coors Field, but I don't know that anyone can go into that and say this is the day that a team's going to put up twenty five in the first six innings. Well, in my defense, so like when I look at my roster every week, I'll just use mine as an example. I'm not a particularly good team, so this is apt. When I look at my roster, I'm getting five, to, probably six or seven starts every week, like bar none, because all my all your guys are starting once, right? At least, so you're looking at six or seven right there. You have to go pick up one start. Right. And there's been weeks where I go, you know what? I would rather just seven instead of eight because these matchup, these streamers are all just complete dog shit. And yes. I don't pick them up. Um, so while I'm an advocate of seven starts, because I believe everyone should get seven starts since you have seven starting pitchers on your roster in theory and they all start once, you would have to act way to not start someone. It shouldn't be hard to find one start on the wire that is not Chase Anderson in Coors Field. Like <laughs> that. To me, it's just one of the starts I would look at and go, nope. And I'm not even good. I'm not even good. And I was also wondering why ESPN is acting this way, because I kept looking at game starts, and I'm like, why does it say zero for everyone? Yeah. It's my tablet, but no, ESPN just sucks. Yeah, it's it's just a bad ESPN night. Well, let's go ahead and start uh, start walking through the last couple of matchups that we have here so that we can put ESPN to bed. But our penultimate matchup, was the number nine Squirtle Squad uh, putting up a 192.2, which was more than enough to beat the 107.8 by Mike's Illuminati team. I don't even want to talk about this matchup because 192 shouldn't be a win and 107 arguably should never be in the league. (laughs) Well, as someone who scored 235 and lost, it is frustrating to look at these kind of matchups. Um, Mike, Mike's team is just really bad and there's no hope coming. There's no light in the tunnel at the end of the tunnel. There's no anything to look forward to. Like this team is just terrible and it's going to be terrible even next year, even four years from now, it's going to be bad. I'm very sure of that. I think it will take multiple years, multiple years to climb out of the base. Um, For the Squirtle Squad, I am not 
enthused by this performance. It doesn't inspire confidence for me in their roster. If I'm going to penalize Chris for his terrible point total, what should I do here? Because Mm. this team is also just not inspiring to me. Um, I would not want to be playing Jose Abreu or Brandon Nimmo or even really Christian Yelich on my team if I thought I had a shot at winning. I look at their prospects because I'm like, well, they're going to move some guys. They're going to make some moves. A lot of their prospects are just guys. Like if you look at them, you go, yeah, that's a name on a sheet. But it's like a 17-year-old kid who I have no idea what they're going to be. Sure. And how do I value that? Do I want to give up my uh, Nolan Arenado for a couple of those? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. So they, I'm not convinced, like I'm convinced that they're going to do something, but I'm not convinced it's going to make them a top team. I mean, right now they're right on the doorstep. They are one of those near 500 teams that are knocking on the door of in that sort of seven, eight, nine, ten range. So there's a chance. And whenever there's a chance, it, it can it can sometimes pan out. So maybe the goal isn't necessary to, you know, get get it all in one go. But, you know, maybe maybe baby steps, you know, maybe it's just one tweak or two tweaks to, you know, settle in in that seventh spot as opposed to the ninth spot. Well, let's end the matchup discussion on this note. If they were the eighth seed and they were playing Ryan in the first round, how much more compelling would that matchup be? Sure. Absolutely. Like, like I don't want to go this far because it's probably way too out of a take and way too hyperbole for this. But would they be the favorites? Would they be close to even odds? Like, I just trust their managerial skills so much that if Ryan has a down week, they're going to capitalize. Yeah. And they're going to go out and find someone like Asvaldo Bido. I sincerely (laughs) hope that guy's nickname in high school was the big libido. I do. I really, really do. And if it wasn't, I'm now angry at every high school teammate he ever had. Like if his nickname's not libido, what the hell, what the actual hell. All right, well, let's go ahead and and wrap it up because there's one other really sad-to-look-at matchup that we need to cover. (laughs) Our ultimate matchup here where we see the flaccid penis put up a 171.3 and in doing so, take out the Husan Alliance's 157.4. Now, granted, this is better than Mike did, but how can you consider yourself in the even the Europa competition if you can't beat 171.3. So there's an interesting scoring adjustment with this matchup. Um, so it's 181.5 for Lim, and he lost 10.5 points, which also just happens to be the scoring adjustment of one of the other matchups we looked at. Right. 10, that was 10. Ryan but, specifically. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just like, did they make a trade? I think they traded relievers, did they not? At some point yeah. recently? Maybe that it's... is the scoring adjustment. Okay, it could be that. Detective sleuth work here. <laughs> because I don't want to talk about this matchup. I, I really don't. Uh, these teams should be reversed. It's gross. Jamil is currently in the bays. Th- these teams could switch spots by the end of the season. They, they could. I, I don't know. Are either of them worth talking about? Or are either of them any good? No. <sighs> no, probably not. Um, <laughs> I think they both kind of represent the kind of teams that you were talking about earlier, where they have pieces, right? And... Sure. For the right sure. price, maybe maybe somebody does throw him a uh, you know 
a mid-level prospect or better for for some of these guys but this is just a it's a real bad low number um and i feel for both of them congratulations Lim, on your fifth victory i'm not going to say that i expected that um and my apologies jamil for your eighth loss come on man like is anyone touching alec manoa at this point not the limit <laughs> trade him, but, yes. but is anyone every, touching Alex Manoa? Yes, every offense he faces <laughs> is touching him in the ways that you should be only showing on a doll. It is oh. brutal. Ouch. Did you okay. see the stat line from I did. the, the I, Florida yeah. co-ed yeah, rec league or whatever it was? Like, like what was wasn't yeah. he facing off against like the high school girls team at a out of Florida State? Yeah, I mean, people are calling him Ricky Romero. I think that's a bit premature to say that he's <laughs> that's, Ricky Romero. That's, that's, uh, that's beautiful. That's too, like, I saw lots of people clamoring for that on the internet. That's a bit much. I'm not willing to say that yet, but clearly he is not fixed. Like, people are like, are we going to see him on Canada Day? I'm getting tickets for Canada Day. Like, he shouldn't <laughs> be allowed to throw out the first pitch, let alone any subsequent pitches. So, like, maybe he can buy a ticket and root on the boys. But, like, that's about all I'm willing to let him do at this point. So. Yeah. my As far as Mano is concerned, the one saving grace I will offer is that when you see a line like this in a complex league, particularly in the complex league, it is very clear that he was just working on something. Right? The fact that he only had two walks is actually better than it has been. Uh, now that might just be because everything was right down the middle and they were just teeing off on him. I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But it's also clear that he needs to be working on something while he's there, right? Like he needs a new pitch or he needs mm-hmm. to change the shape of one of his pitches or get better control or something. Something has to change. And that's my one potential positive takeaway with this is that maybe he's just working on something mm-hmm. and there's still more work needed. Well, two quick final thoughts. One, everybody's throwing like a sweeper or a splitter mm-hmm. this year. I feel like it, yep. it would be very simple to like incorporate one of those pitches into his repertoire. Uh, could make a difference. The second thing is, and there's no, I have no like source on this, no validity or anything, but I've heard or read that part of him going down to the Florida Complex League was the Jays. He got there and the Jays told him, you need to drop like 20 pounds right now. Okay. Um, because they believe in part that some of his issues are due to conditioning in the pitch clock. And if he yep. were to lose some weight, he would be uh, straining less during pitches, being right. able to focus more on locating the ball. They think that's part of the issue. And, and you know what? I can't disagree with him. Mm-hmm. He's like, what? I think he's 260, right? 260 around that. Um, as somebody who weighs in that ballpark, I can't imagine being a baseball pitcher. So, yeah, maybe drop a few. Six foot six, two hundred and eighty-five pounds. Okay, more than I. Okay, I'm not in that ballpark. Yeah. That is more than I thought. I thought he was two sixty-five, two eighty-five. Yeah, maybe, maybe drop like I know he's six six, but like maybe drop twenty pounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, it's obvious that if he comes back and he's good at all, uh, there might be some residual value. But I, I will go out on the record right now saying I'm not buying Manoa this year. Can't do it. I would, but he won't do it. So there you go. That's fine. That's fine. Okay. 
All right. Well, other things that you would do, my friend, is you would outpick the shit out of me. Um, and our ongoing battle that we've been running now for fully 12 weeks has a very interesting result as we review this. This past week, once again, uh, you have outscored me uh, with the accuracy of your picks. Uh, you pulled down seven to my six, specifically. Um and you now have a 10-pick league. Or sorry, 10-pick lead, I should say. We are far enough in the season that are you still gonna, you know, are you still gonna say, oh, there's plenty of time? It's it could it, it could be different any 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 one of these weeks. It could be you know what, there is still time. Uh okay. the one thing I the one thing I'd be really interested in, like maybe we can do this next year as a sequel, but what if one team like you can only pick one team once right so you gotta right. pick then i gotta pick and we did it kind of like live so on the show right yeah so it's like you're gonna take this team i'm gonna take that team could be interesting because i think a lot yeah. of the time we're picking the same teams and then you just suck on the teams that <laughs> that that like we did we differ on you are just i'd love I mean, to see obviously. the record of like well, yeah, like I'd love to see the record, I, although I'm sure we can calculate it simply because there's a 10 pick difference, but you clearly are not nailing the picks that we differ on. And that could just be because that's probably just random chance at this point, like random deviation, right? So, well, I mean, at this point, I'll, I'll point out because it's actually far easier math than you think, but um, yeah. on the picks that we differ on, you are 10 picks <sighs> better. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. The I actual know. answer I, is right yeah, there. Yeah, I know. So I'm not a math guy. You are. I get it. But yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm stupid. Yeah, so maybe don't get into financial lawyering. All right, there's still numbers over there. Oh, I'm in the wrong field then. Family law definitely <laughs> has numbers. Oh, oh god. god, but there's, a, there's a, pro- a lot of numbers. <laughs> there's a program for that, so that's fine. Okay, that's fine. Good enough. Yeah. Well, shall we? get with the program and start the last segment uh this week because again there were no trades there were no articles so i think we're i think we're just gearing up for the uh for the upcoming trade deadline uh hopefully lots of content lots of trades that we'll be able to talk about but it ain't here this week shall we get into our final picks as it were we shall all right. Well, this week we have probably some of the strongest variations that we've had uh, so far. We are only on five picks uh, or five matchups, I should say, uh, this week, which is very interesting. We're, we're both picking Aiden. We're both picking Tillo. Uh, we're both picking the Raccoons and we're both picking you to win. The last one that we're both picking is actually the matchup between the top two teams, the 10 and two teams, uh, that being Ryan's squad versus me. And we both think that Ryan is going to win that. And I don't think that that's a bad pick at all. No, I, I can't. I can't get on you as much as I want to. I really want to like not pick Ryan, but I just how can you at this point with the performance that he's putting up? Yeah, I I can I can agree with that. Uh, I felt much the same. I mean, it felt good to have the second overall point total last week, but it was second by fifty points. Just so yeah. everybody is clear, it was ludicrous. Uh, but that is all right. Well, the rest of these matchups aren't actually as interesting, um, but we'll go through them anyway because the first one we're going to cover is actually the number nineteen Nick the Man Penner, fresh off his humiliating victory of <laughs> Jeremiah this past. 
uh, facing off against the Staddle Monstars. Uh, you're on Stads. I'm on Nick. And so far, I'm up uh, about 16 points as we sit here at 20 after 10 on Tuesday night. Uh, you going to waffle? You still think Stads can pull this one out? No, nah, Nick's still fucking me. It's uh, round two <laughs> of the fuckery. So come on, Stads. Get okay. it together. I will not waffle. No, no more waffling this season. We got to uh, we got to stick to okay. our guns here. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Well, then the next matchup we're going to talk about is the fifth place Stubby Clap Clappers going up against the eighth place Mummy's Good Boys. Uh, I picking the underdog on this one. I've got Chris taking this. You you went chalk with Garth, and right now you've got about a thirty point lead to to play with on this. Yeah, chalk, uh, Tom's chalk tastes good. Chalk tastes good. Okay. Uh, that's weird. Uh, thanks for that. <laughs> the The next matchup, though, uh, we f- sort of flipped because you went for the underdog, I went for chalk, uh, and it right now has a similar uh, sort of outlook as the Squirtle Squad, the ninth place Squirtle Squad being my pick. You've got 11th place Chow, uh, and right now the squad are just spanking size matters with a 43-point lead uh, already on Tuesday. In my defense, I think I said to you, I have no lean on this matchup. I'll take whoever you're not taking. You Uh, sure did. (laughs) I really screwed myself there. Uh, I'm an idiot. This looks like it's already over. So congratulations on that that one. Yeah. And just so everyone is is on the same page, we do the we make our picks before any of the games start. So it's uh, it's not like I'm like, oh, you're going to pick Chow, are you? I'll take 45 points. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Yeah, it's a good point. All right. Well, the next one uh, is actually the seventh place Bash Brothers with RKR uh, going up against Ben and the Star Boys, which you incredibly picked Ben. I was very surprised <laughs> to see you you take Ben on this, and I took RKR, and yet so far it's paying off. Uh, ben has a sizable twenty five point lead uh, already here on Tuesday. Yeah, Jazz Chisholm coming back. Uh, RKR is spurning me this week or last week when I picked him against uh, I think I picked him against you and that did not go well so I got off RKR this week Ben seemed like he was due okay and we, we both picked me last week actually it was the yeah. first week we we both picked okay. each other fully but that's alright oh, Whatever. yeah I wanted to pick RKR then <laughs> but I couldn't yeah. there it is well let's go ahead and wrap this up with the last one again a very surprise pick by you um, I am on the 17th place, uh, Husan Alliance, uh, who are currently up 26.4 to 9.4 over Mike's Illuminati. Why did you pick a man that couldn't break 110 points? Inquiring <laughs> minds want to know. I had a pick to play with. I thought, like, I got picks to play with. So I thought at this point, if you, if you can pick the Illuminati and they win their matchup, like, what a call, right? And this is not that big of a stretch. Jamil's also pretty shitty. 17. Okay. You know, the deaf being I mean, the blind. It's, I mean, I... It's, it's an interesting way to put it forward because honestly, at the end of the season, if you just sort of sat down having got all of Ryan's losses correct, that would have been enough. But this, this would be a hell of a hat to hang. <laughs> That's the goal anyway. We got to get some feathers in our cap, right? So there it is. There it is. Well, that actually brings us to the uh, to the end of this week's matchups. Jeremiah, 
pretty quick show. Nothing wrong with that. Anything else we need to cover today? No, no, I think we're good. All right. Well, before we sign off fully, I'm going to go ahead and remind everyone that uh, we legitimately love talking about content, even if we're the ones that wrote it. But if you'd rather hear us talk about your content, get it in there. Put something up on the website. We will analyze it and break it down. It's what we love to do. Trades also touch us both dearly in places where only dolls should be mentioned but we uh we'd love to have that segment added back into the fold so uh you know loving audience members reach out to those managers that you know and love as well and uh get them active we'd love to see it it's true i I would love to not be the only person making trades or posting articles It, it would be excellent there you go All right. Well, if there's nothing else, my friend, I want to thank you for once again spending this Tuesday night with me here. Uh, It's been a pleasure as always. I legitimately enjoy uh, the hour and a bit that we tend to spend together every week. And those times that I've had to miss it, I have absolutely missed it. You know what? That makes me uh, that makes me glow inside. And you know what? Remind me to post the podcast or send it to Tilla this week because I didn't send him last week that he posted it today. <laughs> so we're a week behind. You're getting two shows for the price of one. I'm sorry. Nice. Yeah. Good deal. Good yeah. deal. All right. Well, hopefully we will do better. We should always strive <laughs> for improvement. But uh, for Jeremiah, the whiz kid, Johnson, I am Garth Newton. Good night and good fantasy.